Robert McBain is a former senior reporter for the Toronto Star, Globe and Mail, and the author of two books, Two Lives Crossing and Their Home and Native Land. And of course, he's been a frequent guest on our program, and we welcome him back today. Good morning. Good morning, Jim. How are you? We're wonderful. Thanks for taking the time. Now, we referenced it fleetingly during our previous segment, which was uh, another tribute to the late uh, Gord Downey. But you decided to encourage a number of universities, including UBC, to have their students and faculty do some actual research into the story of Chani Wenjack, uh, which has become something of a symbol for First Nations and uh, for the late Mr. Downey. Why? That's Well, there's about... 40,000 classrooms in Canada that are using Secret Path, the book that was written by Gord Downey and Jeff Lemire about Cheney Wenjack and his tragic death. And just yesterday, the Alberta Education Minister announced that Secret Path is now part of their official curriculum. The problem being that most of what is in Secret Path is simply not true. Now, Cheney has become a, a poster child, as you mentioned, for everything that was evil about Indian residential schools. And as you say, we're now uh, beginning to teach that uh, legacy uh, in schools. But he didn't actually attend uh, a, a native residential school, at least not in the classic sense, at the time of his death more than 50 years ago. What was the story? Cecilia Jeffrey was an absolutely horrible place for altogether too many Aboriginal children during the time that it was an actual Indian residential school. But at the time that young Cheney and 149 other young students from faraway reserves went there, it was strictly a dormitory because they had all been integrated into the schools in Kenora. So what is happening is that it, it, it's not an Indian residential school. And I'm not saying that from the point of view of semantics and technicality. The bottom line is he was not in an Indian residential school. So he boarded. uh, The portrayal has been that he died trying to escape, trying to get back home, which was some 30 kilometers away and froze to death along the way. What was the circumstance as you found it to be? No, actually 600 kilometers away. That's how far away Ogogi Post was. The bottom line is he was at that school for three years, He had made no attempt whatsoever to run away, although he did play hooky one afternoon. He's playing on the swings with two orphan brothers, one of whom ran away three times in the last few weeks, the other one who played truant on a regular basis. They decided it's a nice sunny afternoon that they go and visit their uncle at his cabin. And they said, hey, do you want to come along? And the kid had nothing else to do, so he went. It wasn't until five days after he left the school playground that he headed off for his family's home. So, so it wasn't a question of escaping. In fact, there's no evidence of any prison-like conditions or abusive conditions from which he'd have to escape. escape. The kid just went along with the other guys. As you said, uh, there was no evidence that he was sexually or physically abused. Uh, how do you come to that conclusion? Where, where, where is all this information coming from? What's the source? Okay, the... the Gord Downey and Joseph Boyden say that the source of their information and the inspiration for what they wrote was a McLean's article from February, or maybe, yeah, February 1967. And that article was called The Lonely Death of Cheney Wenjack. It went through the whole thing. Then we have a section about him in the Truth and Reconciliation Commission, and then we have 
uh, prior to that, the report of the jury, the jury, the newspaper reports about the jury. And what we have is his best friend saying he left because he was lonely. And we have one of his former teachers saying he often talked about how lonely he was and how he wanted to go home. Nobody ever mentioned sexual abuse or even physical abuse. So what were the actual circumstances of his death? He spent five days with these uh, two, two brothers. And also, by the way, he left on the Sunday. On the Monday, his best friend, who was also a, a cousin of the two brothers, joined them. So he spends four or five days with his brothers. Then he decides he really would like to go home and see his parents. And this irresp- irresponsible uncle showed him how to get to the railway tracks and said, ask the railway workers along the way, and maybe they'll provide you some food. And the kid had no idea that he had a 600-mile, 600 600-kilometer 600 journey ahead of him. It was freezing cold, and 36 hours later, they found his body frozen, curled up at the side of the tracks. Now, apart from uh, Secret Path, uh, the multimedia presentation uh, developed by uh, Gord Downey, uh, Historica Canada also uh, runs this story in a vignette and perpetuates this, the, the myth, I guess, uh, that uh, Cecilia Jeffrey was operated by the Catholic Church. Yes, uh, Cecilia Jeffrey had been operated by the Presbyterian Church. In fact, it was still operated by the Presbyterians. And a Cree Saltu, who had gone to residential school as a boy in Saskatchewan, I believe it was, and had taught at residential schools, was actually in charge of Cecilia Jeffrey at the time of uh, the young boy's death. We have the situation with Historica Canada, where, in fact, He's on a swing playing with his friends in the playground, but they show a silhouette of Cecilia Jeffrey and a gasping Cheney running out the back door, looking furtively over his shoulder and off into the bush. It it just didn't happen, Jim. And the point being, why do they... I mean, there's thousands of horrible, horrible stories, true stories about abuse in the residential schools. Why make up one? You've tried to set the record straight with publications uh, uh, like the National Post. What was the result? Uh, Nobody will touch this, mainly because of the fact that Gord Downey, who died a couple of days ago, uh, has become a sort of an icon. Um, We have the pictures of him at the Assembly of First Nations sobbing as they put the blanket of something or other around his shoulders, and nobody will touch him. And to me, like my... My, my sympathy is with him dying of cancer, but that doesn't change the fact that what he wrote and what they illustrate in the book is pure fiction. And, and, and no one seems interested in, in getting at the, uh, at the truth. No. In fact, I got an email from a professor who's on sabbatical. I won't say which university. He said, don't expect any response to your grave concerns. I've tried to raise the issue myself about how the facts don't get in the way of a true story, but that's just the way things are these days. It's pretty sad. Robert McBain is an author and a longtime investigative reporter. Uh, appreciate the eye-opening interview this morning. Jim, thanks a million. Take care. Bye-bye. You, t- you too. The Spending and uh, Compensation Practices Within the Interior Health Authority, Part 2 
of an NL investigative series on tomorrow's Harrison program following NL News at 9. That's the show for today. Thank you for being the biggest part of it. Thank you.